What's going on, guys? Welcome to the John Papaloni Show. Today, we have Erica Nash. Hi, how's it going, Erica? Good, how are you? Awesome, glad to have you here. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Absolute pleasure. We um, always start off the show with a uh, brief bio of who you are, what you do, and how you got there. Yeah, um, I am an instructional designer. Uh, I work freelance, um, but before this, I was a high school teacher and transitioned out of high school after uh, COVID and everything and um, saw an opportunity in the online marketplace for uh, you know some instructional design with courses and things like that, um, you know, being designed by people who aren't necessarily familiar with education. And um, yeah, that's how I'm here. Ah, well, um, okay. So yeah, you started off as a teacher, you said, right? Mm -hmm. So how come you left that? Oh, for a few reasons. I had some health issues uh, during COVID and had to walk away. But, um, you know, I was in for 10 years and it was just time to do something else and uh, take my skills in another direction. Okay. And, and in terms of, okay, you said a course experience and, and strategy. How does that work out? Like, is that like, an, like do you have like, the, like a pre-recorded thing? Do you do live court? Like explain the process to us. Yeah, so um, basically, depending on kind of how or like what the uh, usually I work with coaches who have online courses. So depending on what the co what the coach needs and what the, their program looks like, um, first we'll go in and we'll uh, I'll you know analyze their current program and kind of uh, do a bit of a deep dive into their curriculum, see where maybe there are gaps. Um, I'll look at their data, kind of see. Um, you know, where things are like maybe maybe not working or where students might be getting stuck. Um, and then I'll go in and I will look at um, the overall curriculum and kind of give them an analysis of what I see. And then we'll go in into a strategy session and we will um, kind of come up with a plan to close those gaps and make the program stronger. And then uh, depending on, you know, how they've chosen to work with me, I will go all the way through, uh, help them design their, uh, you know, course materials and get that all set up, um, as well as um, I'm a designer and illustrator. And uh, if they have programs that have swag and they give out, you know, gifts and prizes and things, I'll design those for them as well. Well, that sounds interesting. Like, how did you uh, develop those skills? Like, was it natural? Did you have schooling for it? just play around with it? Yeah, I have not actually had any formal design training. Um, I've been drawing since I could hold a pencil. Um, and just as far as computer design, I started learning, gosh, back in the early 2000s. Um, and whenever I was in high school, I think, and uh, have just, you know, kind of carried that through. And it's self-taught, lots of YouTube tutorials and playing around. <laughs> right. That makes sense. Yeah. So I guess obviously, you know, like design and stuff was always a passion for you. Very much so. Yes. Yeah. Well, when you decided, well, when you got out of teaching, um, obviously it wasn't for uh, great circumstances, but you know, life is life and you got to do what you got to do. Mm -hmm. um, what was your biggest struggle transitioning? 
Oh man, honestly, it was the identity piece. Um, you know, teachers really identify with being teachers, with being educators and having that like no longer be um, part of my identity was something that I really, really struggled with. And, um, you know, understanding that those skills were transferable and valued elsewhere um, was a big piece. But I really, really struggled with um, finding myself in places other than public education. Right. I mean, change isn't easy for anybody. Mm -hmm. um, now, okay, now I'm going to ask you the polar opposite. What was your aha moment to say, okay, I'm in the right spot. This is great. I wish I did it sooner. Yeah. Um, when I saw that there was a space for me, uh, that education matters and that there was a space for me in sort of this online e-learning um, space. Um, I connected with uh, a coach that I've done some work for and she had a program and um, she was like, wow, like I, I need, I need you to help me. Like I need this. And uh, we developed a level two program for her and it just went really well. And, and so that was when I was like, okay, there is, there is a place for me where I can do all of the things and it didn't just have to be one piece. Makes sense. Now, with that being said, like you just said that you did a lot of work with coaches and stuff, right? Like, so like, well, one coach that, uh, you know, you basically knew, knew you pretty much helped that person. And obviously it must've spun off from there. How did you choose coaching? I mean, aside from the one person, like, did it just sort of like get referral after referral or, uh, you know, did you do some marketing towards it? Like what was the, like the, the pivot point that made you realize that coach, you know, serving coaches was your niche? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it did come down to some marketing, but also just because like the coaching world is very much based in education. And so I just sort of really gravitated to that audience because we had a like mind and that other people can learn things and that, that we can teach them. Right. So obviously like it's a way to keep into the uh, teaching atmosphere, but with a bit of a twist. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so now what would you say was your best accomplishment so far? Oh, my best accomplishment. You know, that's a really interesting, probably very complex question, but I'm just going to say like continuing on, um, you know, being in the business world is hard and it's very different from education. And I, and, you know, there's a lot of ups and downs and just going for it and, you know, believing that this is the right place for me. So it makes sense. Now, like, have you ever had any moments of, uh, I'm not going to say regret, but like doubt where you thought, what have I done? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. There have definitely been those moments. And, and I think that that is, uh, you know, pretty par for the course in terms of the entrepreneurial journal. I mean, journey. Um, but yeah, there's, there's definitely been some doubt. And, you know, it would be very easy to go back to the classroom and begin teaching again. Um, and so, you know, sometimes I'll, I'll talk to my husband about, you know, just the future and stuff. And I'll tell him like, that would be the easy way out to go back to the classroom. Right. So you go through the same uh, 
you know, entrepreneurial struggle that everybody else has that some days you're like on cloud nine, you're going, wow, you know what? I've wasted my time doing anything else. I should have done this from the beginning. Then you have moments where you're like, dear God, what was I thinking? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So with that being said, I'm sure you're, um, you know, like your day is probably planned out. You planned out in advance. It's not just sort of you wake up and hmm, what do I do now? But where I'm going with this is describe what your normal, typical average day looks like. Yeah, um, it's really nice because I'm very time rich now. And so, you know, getting having the freedom to choose what I do every day is amazing. And um, in general, my days, I homeschool, I have a teenager, and so I homeschool her uh, in the mornings and, you know, um, do my personal studies and things like that um, before I get started. And then I, you know, dive into, into business-related stuff and try to make sure that I, you know, stand up from my desk and take breaks and go outside and get some fresh air and things like that. But, um, yeah, in general, it starts out with... Um, you know, I guess you could say family time and personal development in the mornings um, and then client work from there. Well, that's interesting, right? Because I mean, like personal development is obviously something that is, you know, everybody preaches about, but not everybody follows. So it's in a way, it's kind of good that you have that uh, time slot there and you make room for yourself that way. So that, mm -hmm. that's actually a positive thing. Like, do you plan your days or do you sort of like kind of like, how, how would you say your day is structured in the way that like, is it in a calendar or, or, or do you go off the top of your head? Like, oh, um, no, <laughs> it's in a planner and I live by my planner. And so um, typically it's in slots. And so by hours and I plan everything out and I try to follow it as best that I can. And it just helps with um, keeping me in a routine and not getting stagnant uh, in terms of like, you know, if I don't have to, would I or whatever, you know, that that sort of issue of, I don't know, getting stuck. Yeah, I, I get that. And now, like, hmm, I, I'm gonna say, do you like work every day? Or do you have like days off? Like, uh, how, how do you plan your day? You're like your time off and your time on and yeah, typically um, I take Fridays as like sort of admin days. Um, and so I try not to do any work, like client work on Fridays, unless I'm, you know, behind. And so then I'll use that time to do that. Um, but I don't schedule any meetings. It's typically just for me to continue doing paperwork and, um, you know, sort of get my affairs in order, do my budgeting, things like that. Um, and then, you know, for personal time as well. Um, I also try not to work weekends. Um, I'm very protective of my family time. And that really comes from, you know, as a teacher, um, none of that time was really protected. I was constantly bringing things home. I was constantly staying late or doing other things. And uh, going into my business journey, I knew that that's not what I wanted. Right, which goes back to the uh, scheduling thing, like you said, you get mm -hmm. to uh, plan your time for you, which is kind of a good thing. Right, right. Um, now, how, you know, being an entrepreneur, sometimes getting time you want off is not always easy because sometimes it's pressing, you know, pressing items for the lack of better description. Yeah, um, for sure. How do you schedule vacation and how do you, how do you handle that with your clients? 
to make sure like there's no disruption or is there disruption? Yeah, sometimes there is. Um, but mainly I'm doing sort of longer projects. And so I can schedule um, those sort of around it. And I build in sort of a, a cushion of time for me to get those things done. And so as long as I know, um, you know, ahead of time that those things are coming, then I can kind of work extra hard um, to get things finished ahead of time and, and uh, be sort of ahead of the game that way. Um, so yeah, just making sure that I know my calendar really well. Makes sense. Now, in terms of, uh, well, 2022 is like 11 days away. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, obviously, I'm sure you've been doing some uh, form of business planning or, you know, goal setting for next year. Mm-hmm. What does 2022 look like for you? And has the pandemic, how has the pandemic affected you up till now? So, 2022 for me looks like really growing sustainably, um, you know, making sure that I'm hustling, but not hustling in a way that is going to interfere with my personal growth, with my family time, with my health or anything like that. I've done that. I don't want to do that again. Um, And so growing, but growing in a way that makes sense for everyone and that is not going to take away from anything else. Um, And then in terms of pandemic, um, the pandemic, as far as like 2020, early pandemic, um, I was still a teacher at that time. And so my life looked very different than it does now. And uh, that really is the reason that I'm here. um, Because I realized, you know, I think everybody kind of reevaluated what their lives looked like uh, when the pandemic started. And so it really took that for me to kind of sit down and look at my future and look at, you know, if I wanted to continue being in the classroom, if I wanted to do that for another 20 years or 30 years or whatever. Um, And, you know, was I okay with continuing that way? And ultimately I decided that, you know, it was probably not going to be what I retired in. I just didn't know that it was going to be as soon as it was. That makes sense. I mean, like a lot of people are calling this the uh, great resignation. Yeah. um, I heard that once and thought about it and I'm saying, Hmm, I wonder. And then it's sort of like, if you look at what's going on, I mean, I think this whole thing has kind of opened up a lot of people's eyes and then I made them think, what am I doing? Yeah, definitely. So. Right. So, you know, sometimes it takes something to happen to be a catalyst for change. Mm Mm-hmm. So what would you tell somebody who is on the fence and they're scared and they don't know what to do? They're thinking of venturing on their own. They're thinking of getting out there. But again, they're very scared and they don't know where to start. I would say first, lots of research. <laughs> and then, you know, make sure that you surround yourself with people that know more than you. Make sure that you surround yourself with people that understand what this journey looks like and what it takes and that they have overcome some of the struggles that just kind of come with being an entrepreneur, um, but have like succeeded in, I don't know, pushing through those things. um, So that when you go through them, you can go to them and they can point you in the right direction. That makes total sense. I mean, I love what you said there, find a mentor. 
right? Because it's one of those things that, and it's not just finding a mentor, finding somebody who has gone through what you've gone through. So you can kind of relate to each other because just because I mean, let's face it in reality is there's no shortage of advice out there. I mean, if you want advice, you can ask, uh, you know, Tom, Dick and Harry and everybody's got advice. Now, whether they're qualified to give advice or not is a whole different ball game. So you got to yeah. really qualify who you listen to and who you don't. Mm-hmm. So well, I, I love that. That was, that was an awesome, awesome thing. Like, I think that's couldn't have been better advice, you know, like, and it's true, right? Because again, yeah. that advice is everywhere. Yeah, we can go on the internet and find all kinds of stuff, right? That's so <laughs> not <true>. all good. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's true, too. Now, hmm, what was I going to say? Um, okay, oh, crap, I lost my train of thought. I got to, <laughs> um, yeah, like, in terms of, um, so yeah, so you would get mentor, that makes sense. So then, what are, like, what are your uh, expansion plans? Like, do you have any scalable plans or you, or you, or is your intention to, uh, you know, maintain? Right now it's to maintain, you know, in the future, it would be great to grow um, and, and bring on, you know, I would love to eventually like bring on other teachers that are ready to transition out of the classroom um, and use their skills um, in a way that allows them to use them not in public education um, because it's extremely difficult to transition out of the classroom. And so I would love to help other teachers do, do it that way. Um, but that is not going to be any time in the near future. I get that. Totally get that. Now, in terms of, um, okay, so you're happy where you are, which is good. Obviously, mm-hmm. there's a you know, desire for growth, which is very good as well. Yeah. What would you say is your biggest challenge going forward? Oh, my biggest challenge, probably me getting out of my own way. Honestly, I uh, tend to overthink everything that I do and, uh, you know, just get inside my head a little too much. And so me learning how to get out of my own way is definitely the biggest thing for me. Yeah, I think everybody goes through that at a point. Mm -hmm. Now that's the other thing. So it sounds like you're, uh, I wouldn't say analysis paralysis because you've done something. So you've gone past that. Mm-hmm. So where I'm going with it is how did you get yourself to go past that? How did you force yourself to, okay, say I've analyzed enough. I saw enough. Now I'm ready to move forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, and really it comes back to surrounding myself with people that understand that sort of struggle and can basically talk me through it. Um, It's been really, really important for me to find a community of like-minded people that can, uh, that I feel safe enough to go to and say, hey, I'm really struggling with this, what do I do? And then they give me advice on, um, you know, kind of how to push through. And sometimes all that is, is like, okay, it's time to press send. And then, you know, do that. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's true. Now, how did you find your community? Like, like, did you always have a group of people or did you come across it? Was it networking? What was the key component that you realized, okay, here's someone I can turn to? Yeah, it was actually, um, I joined a course and that course came with a community and um, yeah, they were just my people. Ah, so you just connected right away. Mm-hmm. What course was it, if you don't mind me asking? Yeah, so um, a while back, I was doing a little bit of web design, 
and um, it's called the Web Designer Academy. And so even though I'm no longer doing web design, um, I'm still in that community because it's great people and, and we've connected and they just give really solid advice. So I'm really grateful to have found them. True. That's very true. Well, speaking of advice, what was your best advice that you've ever gotten? And it doesn't even have to be business related. It could be personal. It could be from a kid. It could be any time. Uh, you know, my best piece of advice probably is from my dad. He's also an entrepreneur. And he told me once, uh, you can do anything, but not everything. And sometimes I just have to sit back and reflect on that advice because I do try to take everything on myself. And so, he, you know, he always told me you can do whatever you want, but you can't do everything yourself. And so that's, you know, again, comes back to community and just surrounding myself with people who will take care of me. We can take care of each other. For sure. Now, I'm obviously being in the role that you're in, there's going to be moments of overwhelm. And, and I'm, you know, correct me if I'm wrong. I'm going based on what I'm hearing. I'm hearing that you uh, pretty much like to say yes a lot. And <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> what happens when you start to feel that overwhelm? You're starting to going, okay, I can't say yes anymore. <laughs> and mm -hmm. you're just like, you, you feel like squeezed. How do you handle that? And yeah. what are the process there? Yeah, I try to work against that really early on and make sure that I am in line with my boundaries. You know, having firm boundaries, I try to make sure like going ahead, um, getting everything in my contracts and making sure it's very explicit in what's included and what's not included and just constantly going back to the contract all the time. I also uh, rely on systems and so I have systems in place for how I do things. I have checklists for everything. I have timelines. I have all kinds of things already created. And um, so that's a really important piece for me to manage my overwhelm. Because you're right. I do like to say yes. I do like to make sure that people um, are happy and have what they need. And I like to be the person to take care of those things. And so I have to be really careful not to get myself in those situations. When I do get myself in those situations, I try to look at it uh, logically rather than emotionally so that I can create a system in order to take care of what needs to be taken care of and for it not to happen again. Right. See, I like that because um, systems are a key thing, right? And, and you work with coaches and coaches usually uh, preach uh, all about systems. So it kind of goes hand in hand. Now, right. could you take us uh, through what your system looks like and how it's broken down? Uh, I have systems for lots of different things. And so, um, you know, for instance, uh, a system that I have in place for like I don't know, just getting through a project, um, you know, I make sure that my contracts, like I said, are all lined out. And so I have different contracts with different things in them. And I make sure those are done ahead of time. Um, I go through and I have a, a sort of flow of how projects will go. And I have multiples of those depending on, you know, which projects I'm doing. And those are all like in Google, I, they're like checklists. And so each time um, I make sure that I have a folder for a specific client um, in my Google Drive. I use Google Drive for everything. So I make sure there's a folder in there. I put everything that's related to that. I make copies of everything, put it all uh, in the project folder. 
um, the flow is kind of how uh, it's like the, the home base for everything. And so I constantly go back to it, checking to make sure that I'm, uh, you know, on track. Um, I have Google Sheets that have, um, you know, all sorts of data in there with dates and, and things like that. And so I'm able to, you know, I use all the data validation. So I put dates in and then it changes, um, you know, other things so that I know that I'm on track. And um, so, yeah, that's kind of, there's a whole bunch to it. But yeah, that's kind of the gist. Well, that makes sense, actually. I get it. So, I mean, obviously Google is uh, a major component there. Yeah, it is which is awesome. I mean, hey, yeah. why not? You know what I mean? Like they make good products. They do. I use it for everything. I really, um, that's how I share files and um, get client feedback and everything. Makes sense. Now, oh yeah, I like that. You always get client feedback, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, how does that work out, right? Because I mean, like I'm in real estate as, uh, you know, as my main business is real estate. Coaching is my second, my new business. Um, and a lot of times, you know, like it's a hit and miss for me to get feedback. Um and not because of any reasons, because it's here, here's what it is. I'll give you an example. The people I get feedback from tend to not talk to me after the fact, even though they gave me five stars and everything. Or <laughs> I don't hear from them until they're ready to buy again. And it's like, really? You know what I mean? You think the ones that are not re- you know, talking to you or not replying are the ones you'll never see again. And you're starting to go, okay, five-star review. And they're not answering my calls. They don't talk to me. And I'm going, okay, well, <laughs> that doesn't seem normal. You know what I mean? And then all of a sudden, yeah, we're looking for a place over here. I'm like, really? Oh, okay. <laughs> but meanwhile, the ones that, you know, yeah, 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 I'll review and they never do are the ones that I'm in constant contact with. Right. So it's right. like weird. So how does that work for you? So I get feedback throughout the project as well as at the end. And so, you know, in during the project, while it's all going on, I have specific phases And so I'll submit work to them for feedback after a specific phase is over before we progress onto the next phase. And so, um, you know, depending on what that is, we'll determine kind of how that looks, um, whether it's design things or strategy or whatever. And then um, at the end of the project, I actually use Dubsado for my final feedback um, and submit a form and you know, ask very specific questions, but really, um, I am really big on relationships. And so um, I try to develop really strong relationships with, you know, all of my clients and um, just communicate really well back and forth uh, during the project as well as after. Makes total sense. Now, have you ever gotten, um, how, how do I want to word it? unexpected feedback, like maybe not what you were expecting, like, yeah, unexpected, like you weren't expecting what you got. Um, not necessarily, it doesn't have to be negative or positive. It's like, just sort of like, you kind of have a feeling of how things are going. Then you get the feedback and you're looking and going, yeah, that was, that threw me right off. <laughs> I mean, definitely. So, you know, there have been times when I'm like, Oh, okay. That was, that was not what I, you know, was expecting them to say. Um, not necessarily, like you said, that it was negative, just different. Um, in a really good way, there was one project I can remember specifically where I um, submitted the final design work and uh, got a wonderful email back, you know, with feedback. But then I also got a voice message um, on Messenger, and she she was 
so I could hear her voice and she was crying, telling me how much like she loved what I did. And like, that was so incredible. Never would have expected, you know, that sort of response to, to my work. But um, that was, that was a really great moment that I won't forget. <laughs> For sure. I mean, and those are the yeah. moments that uh, stick with you. I guess that's, yeah. that's kind of a, a moment that says, okay, I'm, I'm glad I'm doing what I'm doing. Exactly. It was like, yes, okay, I'm in the right place. Yeah, exactly. So that's awesome. I mean, you know, so I could see why it was surprising to you because you don't expect that. (laughs) Right, right. So that's good, though. Um, What else? Uh, Sometimes I hold on to my questions and then I forget when (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to write them down. But um, yeah, like, okay, so yeah, unexpected feedback. We went through that. That happens. Um, In terms of... Where was I going? I was going somewhere. There's a point of this. <laughs> um, how do you handle objection? Objection handling. Like, how do you do objection handling in, with your business? Because I'm sure you get some objections. Yeah, and really, I do my best to talk through strategy, and so just sort of reminding of like what the purpose is for whatever it is that we're doing and tie it back to whatever goals it is that, um, you know, the client is after. I find that that's the best way to overcome those objections. Right. That makes sense. Have you found ever come across a person that um, you just try so hard and you just realize there's just no working with them and you just have to let them go? For sure. Absolutely. Can you describe a certain (laughs) time or a certain event? I mean, I, I'm not saying get personal with it where you get into who it is or whatever. I'm just saying describe the situation and how you, how you, what, what point came where you just said, you know what? No, that's not going to happen. Yeah. Um, typically it comes back to like the design piece. I is usually where I find, um, you know, that there are some people that just have a lot of opinions on those things and it's totally okay to have opinions and we want to make sure, you know, that we're working together on those things. Um, but typically, um, when, you know, I just have somebody that's being just not kind, just being rude, um, and trying to really dictate what I'm doing. Um, if we talk through it and can't seem to get around it, then I usually know it's time, time to go in a different direction. Makes total sense. I totally get that. Um, in terms of, uh, in terms of clients, right? Like I'm sure there's, a a lot of repeat and consistent uh, work with certain people. So my guess is that like, do, is it always a professional uh, relationship or do you, have you actually made friends with some of them? Oh yeah. I've definitely made friends with some of them. Um, you know, and it's just, our projects are usually short, um, but they can be very intense. So that just tends to lend to stronger relationships. For sure. Now, again, what would your uh, prime source of uh, business come from? And what I mean by that is that, like, do you get it mostly from referrals, people that you meet and network, or would you say strangers off the internet? Like, what's the biggest source for you? I would say that it would have to be actually just like networking online um, through like Facebook and Instagram. Um, Of course, I do get referrals. But I don't think right now that's the biggest piece. Right. Yeah. So, so it no, would be between those two. 
Right. What do you prefer? Do you prefer Instagram or Facebook? Oh my gosh. I would prefer none of them. Ah. <laughs> to be honest. It's just so much work. Um, but yeah, I, I tend to do more of my business stuff on Instagram and more of my personal stuff on Facebook. That's interesting. That's yeah. interesting because <laughs> most times I hear people do the opposite. Like I find yeah. that most people that I talk to, they prefer to be on Instagram, but they do more business on Facebook and you're literally the polar opposite. Yeah. That's interesting. That's I, think, <laughs> I think it has to do with um, like the majority of my family um, are on Facebook. And so family and friends, that's usually, I don't use Facebook much for, uh, for business purposes. So it's, you know, a bunch of pictures of kids and puppies and stuff like that. <laughs> right. That makes sense. Oh, so you're into, uh, you're into, uh, to puppies and dogs. <laughs> sure. Yeah. You have any pets yourself? I do. I have two dogs. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So, okay. And you said you were in the, you're in the U S I forgot where. Yes. I'm in Texas. What's that like now? Ooh, Texas. I like Texas. Yeah. Yeah. What is it like now? Yeah. Like, like, I mean, we're in December. I mean, I'm not sure what the weather's like there, what it's like. Uh, it is all over the place. Today, it was cold. And um, so we're in, we use Fahrenheit. So it was in the 40s today. But the last few days, it's been like in the 70s and 80s. So that's not bad. <laughs> it's, been, it's been wild and crazy. We're ready for it to get consistent. True. And now I got yeah. a question. Like for here, everything has been uh, being reduced because of the so-called pandemic. I shouldn't say so-called because that's implying I don't believe in it. I mean, that's not what I mean. But I mean, everything's been reduced. Everything's like like we're at 50% capacity. Everybody's getting like the fear mongering starting. What's it like there? Has it because I know certain states are um, taking one position. Other states are taking another position. So I'm curious to know what Texas is like. Yeah, Texas is very open. Um, as far as I know, all of the restrictions are lifted, but I honestly can't tell you for sure. Um, but yeah, the majority of people just go have gone about their lives. Makes sense. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, going back to the topic, <laughs> um, what would be your favorite project out of everything you've done? You're like, if I can have more of this, I'd be the happiest person on the planet. Yeah, um, I helped a girl, um, the, the girl that I helped develop her second year, it was a whole, that project, that was a really big project. And so um, we closed gaps in her year one curriculum and kind of strengthened it. Um, we developed her year two curriculum. And then I also got to use my illustration and design and I got to develop a whole sort of engagement plan for her and incentive uh, plan. And I developed uh, a bunch of swag for her. And now she like gets to give it out to her students. And so um, that was a really, really fun project. What would you say was your most challenging project? The one that you're like, okay, I'll do it. But I really hope I don't get a lot of these. <laughs> um probably logos to be quite honest in terms of just like design work um because I do take on just design and you know when it's not curriculum 
uh, curriculum stuff. And so probably logos, they're not my favorite. I'll do them, um, but they are pretty challenging. So. I can totally relate to that. But before I go into what I disliked about them, I'm curious to know what exactly do you find the hardest part in turn, you know, with them? Oh man, it's just, you know, I think the pressure, <laughs> um, the pressure is just really on to make sure that it's um, super well done. Um, and, you know, there are certain design principles that need to be followed. And a lot of times when people come asking for logos, they don't necessarily understand sort of some of the rules and things that should go along with them. So they have a picture in their mind and it, there are a lot of objections to overcome. And so just like for me, um, like mentally, it requires so much more energy than other design work. Working yeah. through those things. Yeah. I can totally get that. I was going to get there uh, to the same thing for me. What I, cause I came from the marketing ba background oh, before. Okay. Um, and I couldn't stand logos. To be honest, I don't even like doing my own. I mean, my, <laughs> yeah. my, like, my uh, coaching logo, the one up here, I paid, I paid for it online. I got, I don't remember where I found it, but someone suggested something online and I found it. I clicked on it and there we go. I got that. There you go. Um, but I, I just, I, same thing. I found it difficult. I did not like it at all. But my main component was I find people, like you said, they have an image in their head already. I find that they don't really know how to explain what's in their head. It sort of comes out that, oh, just do this and that, like, you know, on the computer. And it looks like a little, like a, like a, this and a, that, and it's squaring around and you're sitting there going, I don't know what any of that means, you know, like, <laughs> and then you do something and like, no, no, that's, this is what I meant. And this is what I told you. And it's like, and it's sort of like, they kind of know what they want, but they don't know what they want all at the same time. You're trying to scramble that and put it, you know, put it in front of them the way they're imaging it. Right. And they get a very emotional when it's not exact. It's very emotional work. It really, really is. Yeah. So I, I find a lot of people believe that their logo is, it's almost, it's kind of silly, but it's like in their head, it's like almost like the logo is going to be the difference, whether the company succeeds or not, not the product, the logo. Right. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And, and they get emotional about it and they think everything's ruined based on the uh, logo. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's the same. I, I have the same feeling. I find that those very difficult. Yeah. So I totally get that. But um, hey, <laughs> part of the process, right? Yeah, it's okay. So now, do you are you are you one of the, one, the 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 types that really like the process, like going through the journey? Then when you get to the end, and you're like, oh, oh, we're done. Or are you one <laughs> of those ones that you know, like you get to the end, you celebrate, you're like, yes, I'm done. Like which one? Which part? I mean, obviously, everybody likes getting the result. I mean, no anybody who says, well, I don't care for the results. Obviously, that's a lie. But, you know what I mean? But the point is, which one do you take more pride and joy in? Yeah, I love the journey. And I think that I love the journey because I love strategy. And that is like how we get to the end. You know, without strategy, we don't really have a whole lot of anything. And so... Um, strategy is my absolute favorite piece of any project that I do. And I always start a project with strategy, no matter what it is. And so, um, putting that together and then using that to guide the rest of the project, um, is just super important to me. Makes total sense. So I'm going to get into what I call the lightning round now. <laughs> 
but before I do that, any last words of advice for the viewers, listeners? Man, I would just say that if you have a dream, go for it. Like it may not happen right away, but be consistent and just chase those dreams. Very well said. So this next round is just going to be little fun things. Like, uh, for example, start off with what's your uh, favorite uh, book? My favorite book, um, Harry Potter. Oh, interesting. How come? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, I didn't, they're incredible. They're very well written. They're very smart. They, and like, I just like fantasy. Yeah. I'm a huge Harry Potter nerd. So <laughs> Makes sense. I get it. Yeah. Favorite uh, song or music? Favorite music. Um, I like things that are very low key. So I don't know if I could choose a favorite song, but, you know, kind of folksy um, music is, yeah, really my jam. Makes sense. Um, how about favorite movie? Are you in the movies? Yeah, I am into movies. Um, the Holiday. Oh, that's it. That, that, I've heard that. I've never seen it, but I've heard about it. You know, oh, it's so good. Okay, yeah. that's going to be on my list now. <laughs> it is. Yeah, it's in. It's in like my definite top three. <laughs> good to know. What about uh, vacation spot? Vacation spot, uh, like favorite. Va I don't know if I have a favorite vacation spot, but dream vacation spot would be Scotland. Ooh, that's interesting. Yeah. Ah, what's the desire for Scotland? Oh my goodness. I don't know. It just seems beautiful and uh, far away, different from Texas. <laughs> yeah. Castles and sheep. Bring it ah, on. Okay. <laughs> that makes sense. I get it. Yeah. What about food? Uh, favorite food, Mexican for sure. Yeah. Interesting. What's what's the least favorite food? Like one that you're like, no, you know, I, I won't uh, complain, but I don't want it. <laughs> food I can't have. I have a lot of food allergies, so uh, food I can't okay. eat. Yeah, that's awesome. Now, um, I would say favorite night out. Like, if you had mm. one night where you got no kids and you had just a whole twenty four hours to do whatever you want what would that look like? You know, probably it would just be me and my husband going out and doing something kind of active. We just like, you know, working out or walking, hiking, rock climbing, that kind of stuff. Well, that's awesome. So you're very outdoorsy. Yeah. Which is great. Awesome. I wanted to say thank you very much for being on the podcast. Thank you for having me. Absolute pleasure. And uh, it was fun. Yes, for sure. Thank you so much. Pleasure.